Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by Care.com. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership and receive a $15 credit you can use towards paying your caregiver, visit Care.com forward slash sisters when you subscribe. Thanks, Care, for supporting Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. You know, not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in uh, Santa Monica today where it's just, I had to turn the heat on, sisters. It has plunged into the 50s here in Santa Monica, California. So I cranked up the heat. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How are you? It's springtime here in Texas. It's beautiful, sisters. And I understand the new trend for uh, for spring 2017 is you're supposed to take your huga outside, Leanne. Oh, okay? how's that possible? I thought it was all about know. cozy like candles. I know, but you're supposed to like build fires and put blankets and okay. you know candlelight. And just just huga outside, Leon. All right, okay. I'm on it. We can do that here. We're totally yeah, t- yeah totally well, hugied up out here. Hugelicious, yeah. Julie, it also sounds like springtime might be about allergies. It might, yes, everything, <laughs> everything, literally everything is in bloom or falling falling from the sky. Uh, just, I hear you. I hear you. And Pasadena, same deal. I love my wisteria, but it's like a death trap. Close the windows. <laughs> close the windows. Really? It oh, looks God. so beautiful, but uh, really, shoosh, a lot going on. A lot happening out there. A lot happening out there in the backyard. Okay, well, we got a lot going, a lot going on on the show. We have a whole block. Leon's calling Sisters in the News. I like it, sister. That sounds good. All right. You're, I was thinking of you guys all weekend. Going to tell you why. <laughs> Julie, you promised on, uh, by the way, yesterday's Madam Secretary recap was hilarious. I was, <laughs> I was happy to be replaced again, Julie, back where you belong, on the Madam Secretary recap. But, um, you know, because there is no better line in TV this week than, no, you're the toddler. You're the <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of toddlers, you promised on the Madam Secretary recap you're going to take down children's museums yeah they gotta go all right urban nana says children museums out okay <laughs> they have to go and i'm gonna i'm going to explain why all right and i have uh, uh an entertainment alternative to march madness you know i'm assuming that your bucket that your brackets are completely busted by now I'm, I'm sure that's true of most of the country so i have another bracket you can sign up for and then a few notes on uh, operation sea turtle where where i am with operation sea turtle but leon what's going on with you well okay this weekend i just want to shout out to the usa fencing team i had the opportunity oh. to go to a fencing grand prix this weekend in long beach it was wow. our finest fencers versus the world's finest fencers so it was all the folks that you saw at the olympics fencing again in the foil not the apay or the saber. And oh, I, I still don't you. even know the difference. Liz, ask me anything later. Uh, I know Julie has to go somewhere, so we're moving through this show. But I am now, <laughs> I, I now consider myself part of the fencing lifestyle, which is what we heard all about this weekend, and a fencing expert. So, <laughs> at least. So, what do, you, what do you characterize as a fencing lifestyle? Exactly, Have you taken Julie. wearing all white or, you know, a mask? Or what, what, what's your, what is it, Liam? You know, the director of USA Fencing was explaining it's like the squash lifestyle, but with weapons. So, that's it. It's. <laughs> So, there's a that whole really fashion- doesn't help if you don't if you're not currently living the squash lifestyle. There's a whole fashion line coming. All I could say is it was really fun. The, the, the both the finals and the men's and the women's foil included an American um, that uh, Alex remember him from the Olympics. Uh, yeah, Cialis, who won the silver medal. There's the first single silver medal in foil since 1932. Uh, he also he got a silver. He fell to the Russian. It was very dramatic. Very hmm. dramatic. Uh, but the American woman, Lee Kiefer, who just won the NCAA tournament for Notre Dame, she won a gold medal. And that was uh, also against a Russian. So it was fantastic to see world-class athletes doing their thing. It was great. I like um, the fact that the Cold War is back, though. Yeah, the, it's great. The USA-Russia thing, you know, it's good to have a metaphor for real life. It is. Sport. That's it, what it's for. It's fantastic now, is this for popular, Leon? Did a lot of people show up in Long Beach to watch yeah. uh, this uh, the fencing uh, match? The stands were full, duel? Julie. Do they just call it, do they call it a duel or a match? Or, or, That's a good question. Or... Uh, I think it's a match. I think it's called a okay. match. We did have like a cheat sheet. But here's the funniest thing. You know what they actually say? 
on Goud. They say that. Like the <laughs> every time well, that they get, is reason to go. Right. Yes. <laughs> they say on Goud, prêt, allez. It's in a, you know. On gown, ready, wow. ready, set, go, basically in French. Well, so that, that is, is that is a lifestyle right there. Like, the <laughs> exactly. fact that they're, you know, they're calling things out in French. Yes. I mean, you just you just don't get that in like American football, right? No. So and they have a video replay, but because they're wearing that helmet, you know, that's not that help helpful. So when the players can call for a, the fencers can call for a video replay, they just make the sign of a video screen, which <laughs> It's actually effective like in all of life. If you just want to replay, just turn to someone and make the sign of a video screen. It was excellent. It was very good competition. Uh, it was very exciting, and it was, it was fun to see world-class athletes up close. So thank you, USA Fencing, for inviting us. Thank you, thanks to the U.S. Olympic Committee for inviting us. Uh, we're on board. We're on board with the fencing lifestyle and whatever that, wherever that may lead us, really. <laughs> so, just all things Olympic. Yeah. You're just going to get yourself an Olympic blazer and just uh, show up at events. I Julie, think I may. Don't, I may. I may. It's, it's as good as anything else. It's as good as my other alternatives, really. So, um, but, you know, there's a lot of news this weekend. And I have to tell you guys, I, I don't often think of you 24-7, but I really did think of Liz and Julie all weekend as I was watching tape of some of the recent news stories. And um, I have to say this, I, you know, the Satellite Sisters listening audience, I'm sure over the years as they hear Liz talk about her career or summit she's at or meeting she's in or hard business decisions she's had to make, I am sure they have asked themselves, huh, I wonder what it's like to be in a business meeting with Liz Dolan. And when I was watching the videotape of Chancellor Merkel and the president, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, that's Liz has been to the Angela Merkel School of Body Language. <laughs> I mean, you think the eye roll, it was the slow head shake with just the disbelieving eyes. That's a patented Liz Dolan move. You know what I'm talking about, Jewel. I, I know it. I've been I've been the recipient of that, you yeah. know, at some of our brainstorming sessions where Liz maybe didn't feel that my ideas were up to snuff. That's right. If right. You, you say there are no bad ideas, but there actually are. Yes, know? yes, Liz, you've told us that. And and clearly, you know, there is a difference between branding strategy and branding tactics, right? <laughs> and most of the, the remaining four sisters, we usually just come up with tactics, don't we, Leanne? Yes. Yeah. So that's what it reminded me of. Like watching that tape, I was like, my gosh, those two were like separated at birth, Liz and Angela Merkel. That's <laughs> incredible. Thank you, Leon. You're welcome, Liz. And then, of course, uh, there was a lot of news d disturbing about North Korea. I the know. Secretary of State went to went to, did some talks with North Korea, some talks with uh, China, but he came home early because he said he was quote fatigued. And it occurred to me, like, you know, who's never fatigued? Julie Dolan. Like, Julie who is Dolan. indefatigable? Like, if he needs a deputy assistant state, call Julie Dolan. She is literally indefatigable. I mean, <laughs> when we started Satellite Sisters, people who don't know this, Julie lived first in Bangkok and then in Moscow. And we wouldn't get together a lot because it was a long flight for Julie and expensive. But when she came... She just hit the ground running. She'd have like 12 Starbucks before noon. She would just hit the ground running. She'd execute at a high level. And Liz, remember how she always had that dang roller bag with her? Like, where was she going? I don't I know. know. She was always about to head off to her next thing. We yeah. were not it. We no. never knew what her next thing was. Yeah. I mean, meetings in New York, meetings in L.A., the set of the Oprah Winfrey show. There's Julie. There's the Starbucks. There's that black roller bag. <laughs> so that's what I thought. So, so you want me to spend some time in Asia? Go back to yeah, Pyongyang no, perhaps I mean, and work, it, work something out? Yeah. The State Department needs a deputy assistant secretary, which I know they're a little light on now. You're the one because you know no time zones, Julie. You've got the black roller bag. You're ready to go. There's Starbucks all over the world now. I mean, you know the region. Sign her up, yes. sir. <laughs> yeah. If you said. if you had one of those planes that said United States of America on it, you would be there. You, <laughs> right. You would just yeah, go that, wherever that you needed really to help go. Me. That yeah. would help me a lot. Yep. Yeah. Indefatigable <laughs> Julie Dolan. So that's what I was thinking when I was watching the news this weekend. <laughs> well, it's funny, Liam, because you think... You know, the uh, 
There are, there are a lot of women that have been out there doing the job for a long time throughout American history. Many of our most recent secretaries of state obviously are female. But I saw something in the New York Times last week that really surprised me. And it's a, sort of a good news, bad news scenario. The good news is that the New York Historical Society is opening an entire floor completely devoted to, uh, to women's history. And so the fourth floor will be a new center enshrining a spectrum of contributions uh, from American women. The first one is called Saving Washington, and it will focus on women's contributions in the early years of the United States, especially those of the former first lady, Dolly Madison. Dolly Madison, yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites. Mm -hmm. We just really know her really as an ice cream brand, but uh, (laughs) she was a real person and she, uh, she really did a lot in the early years of the, uh, Republic. And, uh, but the thing that surprised me is that there are no museums in America devoted to women's history. I thought, yeah, that's what it says. It says in America, there are museums devoted to spies, to roller skating and to Bigfoot. Uh, but so far half the population, uh, it's sort of told what they describe as the margins of narratives focused on something else. So there's like, or it's a narrower focus, like the National Museum of Women in the Arts in Washington or right. the National right. Women's Hall. Well, they do have in Fort Worth, which I would recommend to everyone who comes to Fort Worth, Texas, is they have the Cowgirl Museum, which yeah. is really excellent. But you're saying that's too narrow of a focus. Yeah. yeah. Or it's, it's a yes. It's not the entire spectrum of women in America, uh, though that sounds great. A lot of these other places are great. I'm sure the National Women's Hall of Fame in Seneca Falls uh, would be great. So, uh, but I've never been there. And this new one in New York City, I thought, well, I'm going to be in uh, in New York this spring. I would like to take this in. Of course, I think when they put together this exhibit for the spring of this year, they had a different historical context. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. In, they in, in their minds. There you know, because they probably committed to this a year or two ago. Oh. And, you know, Ooh. so they took their shot. Good for them. And uh, they're going with it no matter what. So I just thought I'd call that out. If you're in New York at the New York Historical Society, which I believe is that beautiful building up on Central Park West. But it doesn't say here exactly where it is. Anyway. So I would uh, I would check that out if you get a chance. Liz, in other related news, I was shocked to read a headline today in the L.A. Times that says, and I will read it, decades later, Nevada legislature tries for a do-over to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. Did you All know right. that the Equal Rights Amendment, which, you know, it, it did not get ratified by the 1982 deadline set by Congress. It still needed three more states then. It is still alive. Did you have any idea that 35 years later there were people out there working on getting it ratified by the necessary number of states, even if it's just symbolic? Did you realize that? I did not know I that. Did not know I did know that. I have an ERA button in my jewelry box. I'm taking it out, Leanne. Put I'm it back it on, on, sister, because it is still relevant. Yeah, Nevada has voted to send it to the full state Senate for ratification. This this woman has been working for 24 years even to get a hearing on this in Nevada, but it's going to the full Senate, and if it passes, then they will only need two more states to ratify the first the ratify the era and uh there are six states out there still calling for ratification utah arizona missouri florida virginia and north carolina all right so people out there are still working on this the national organization of women uh has a strategy it was a three-state state strategy now it's a two-state strategy (laughs) it's unbelievable i had no (laughs) idea i thought it was just dead 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 and yeah yeah, uh people maybe we can all get behind this how about that it could be very unifying for the country i like it it didn't pass the first time but it's purely symbolic right leanne well here's the thing It could then be tested at the Supreme Court, possibly, because Congress set the deadline, which is arbitrary and unusual. So... Like, well, that's pretty much Congress's specialty, yeah. right? The arbitrary and <laughs> the unusual. Doesn't yes, it the Constitution is, demand them to be arbitrary? <laughs> so, yeah. 
So that here's what it says, if you've forgotten what the equal rights, the controversial equal rights amendment says, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. So there you go. That's it. It doesn't, you know, I know. That's outrageous, Liam. That's outrageous. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so supporters of this still working away think um, think that Virginia may be close. Uh, they may have some action there. And surprisingly, Arizona, which is not really known as a, as a, as a wild and crazy state, but because Sandra Day O'Connor is such a big symbol of women's rights there and she's from there, they think that maybe that could be the tipping point for Arizona. So it's out there. It's happening. Well done, well done, Nevada. Hey, we're in no hurry. We're in no hurry, apparently. Well, you have to, I mean, sometimes you have to wait for the good things, right? Yeah. I think one thing I learned in the last election, Leanne, is that we're supposed to call it Nevada. So, oh, know. is it Nevada? Okay. That's hard for us from the East Coast to say I know. That. If you're from the East Coast, you just can't do it. But it's nothing Nevada. personal. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's like I'm supposed to call that college Gonzaga, which I can't do. It's Gonzaga if you grew, <laughs> grew up on the East Coast. So uh, so anyway, there you go. It's happening, people. ERA. Julie, get out that button. Get I'm, it out. I'm firing that button. I'm putting it on. Okay. <laughs> It'll be good to go. You know, Liz, I, I was listening to you talk about uh, the Women's uh, History muse- uh, Museum. I think that's a great idea. Um, what I think is a terrible idea that I wanted to talk about with both of you is children's museums. Now, you know, as a grandmother... Really, you think this as, is a bad idea? I think they're terrible. I'm going to explain why. Um, I'm recently back. Urban Nana did a week, uh, uh, 10 days in Brooklyn. I was helping out there, and I had on the occasion to go to the Brooklyn Children's Museum, which is the oldest children's museum in the country. Uh, so, just so that you know, uh, it's very high quality children's museum. I also frequently take my grandchildren who are here in Dallas to uh, the Museum of Science and of Nature and Science here in town, which has a giant children's section to it as well. And I hate it. Can I say that? I just hate these children's museums. And I have some very specific reasons. Number one, they're dark. I mean, you have a young toddler, you have a young child. The last thing you want to do is take that child into a dark space with lots of other people, okay? But that's what a children's <laughs> museum is all about. Somehow they have to have that mood lighting, and they think it makes it more exciting. But the general level of light in children's museum is very low. So, I mean, you just, it just, you get in a panic as soon as you enter the place because you're worried you're going to lose someone in the darkness, now, okay, of course, they're noisy. Of course, they're noisy. You know, they're very, very noisy because there are so many children in a children's <laughs> museum. There's so many children, and then if it wasn't enough that they have all those voices, every exhibit makes noise. Okay, there's popping, there's blasting, there's nonstop videos, there's banging, there's everything is interactive. That, and so if you're trying to have a meaningful experience with your grand, with your grandchild or your child it's not happening in a children's museum cuz you can't hear yourself <laughs> you can't hear them and then they insist on having things wet okay why do we have to have water play why 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 i i mean they're all wet okay so it's dark it's noisy and it's wet now uh, they give, you know, they have these adorable little raincoats or adorable little smocks that are supposed to keep the child dry when they're doing the water play. Well, you know that doesn't work. So you end up with a wet child, okay? And then, of course, it is a perfect conduit for any f- cold or flu virus, you know, just swimming around in all that water, okay? And there's no amount of hand sanitizers that is going to protect you from so many little hands. They're little <laughs> hands. They're all over the walls. They touch everything, those kids. Everything. There's no defense so, against that. There's no defense. But my main objective is that objection is their limited resources, meaning that they may only have one video display or they may only have one drum, you know, or they have one set of blocks and there are too many kids for the number of exhibits. So this past week when I was there with my uh, adorable 
uh, and delightful Josephine. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was aggressive, but I certainly was assertive when it was Josephine's turn, okay, to use the video display uh, that she wanted to see, okay? Now, I didn't, I didn't push that child, okay? He did say to me when I asserted Josephine's turn at the terminal that he turned, this four-year-old boy turned to me and said, sharing is caring. And I said, <laughs> no, not today. It's not. You see, yeah, where, where did you hear that, loser? Yeah, that's what you say in a New York museum. (laughs) Sharing is caring. I mean, there's just not enough. I mean, we're all struggling, fighting for that. And, you know, museums know this because they want you to join. They want you to do a year's membership. Yeah, damn museums. They want you to join. (laughs) (laughs) But, Leanne, the reason why they want you to join, what the major benefit that they give you is membership hours which is what they're saying is we realize we have created a dark, wet, noisy uh, environment with, uh, with limited resources and too many kids. So if you pay all this extra money, you can come at when the, when the uh, museum isn't open and then your precious child will have more time in this environment. Well, that's, I think, one interpretation of membership. (laughs) The other would be just supporting the idea that all kids should have access to learning tools. So... You're right, Leon. But there is no wax. You have to understand. There's, it's not happening there. There's just, there's just aggression going on. Leanne. No, then okay? just go it's to just... the ball pit at McDonald's. Like seriously, it is the same thing. I agree. I'm not a, I'm not a, a lot of problems with these children's museums because we have one near ours, and this happens all the time. They raise all this money to open them, but they can't. They don't have any endowments to sustain them. And yeah. so they, they're not able to refresh things, update the exhibits, things like that, because, oh, everyone signs on, and then it's a done deal. They're, they're not fully endowed. So and that's, that is a, that's a problem for funding at any museum endowment. But yeah. um, I want it to be a good experience. I think, I mean, I want to It doesn't sound like it, though. Take- it doesn't sound like you were really trying. <laughs> you think it's me, not yeah, the museum. I do. <laughs> Did Josephine appear to be enjoying herself? Well, only thanks to my assertiveness, Liz, (laughs) shielding her from from things that were going on there, you know. Shielding Uh, her from four-year-olds who say things like sharing is caring. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Jill, I think just a park then is good for you. I mean, I know it's cold in Brooklyn and you have to go. It is the bane. Just stay in the apartment. Don't go out. No, no, I, I I like to get out. I just... I, I just, I think, I, I think we just need to re-examine children's museums. Yeah. I, okay, I know we're going to get a lot of hate, hate mail about this. But I don't address care. it to Julie. Okay. I, I said, send it to me. Send it to Urban Nana because I, I dare you to go to a children's museum with a child and, and see what that experience is like. I'm just providing feedback. They Honestly. are chaotic. I will agree that they are chaotic and, and it, you're entitled to have a love-hate relationship with them. But you're also okay. entitled not to go. If you both, <laughs> then don't okay. go. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on then. Let's. It is Tuesday. Let's. Wait. Talk I about... think we were going to take a quick break here, right? Yes. We okay. Are. Yes. We're going to yeah. take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, and then we're going to be right back with Julie's Tuesday Trends. We want to thank our sponsor, Care.com, today. You know, we've talked to you about Care.com before. It's a super easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in your family, sort of whatever you need, when and where you need it. So on Care.com, you have access to 8.6 million caregivers in 16 countries. That makes it the world's largest digital marketplace for Everything you need locally, whether it's nannies, sitters, housekeepers, senior care, dog walkers, and more. Full-time, part-time, really anytime. It's all about you having the support that you need. The best thing about Care.com is that they can even help with household, payroll, and nanny taxes. So getting started is easy. Just sign up for free as a basic member to post a job, and then you can view the in-depth caregiver profiles that tell you their work experience, their certification, and any special skills. Plus, you have access to background checks. You can check reviews. You can read articles. 
read articles and get tips from parents and caregivers on all things that are care related, Liam. Liz, I would have loved this. When I, the kids were younger, I had full-time help. I would have loved to have been a Care.com premium member because that way you can, you know, book the nanny, pay the nanny, and pay the, pay the payroll taxes uh, all through the same platform. That would have been amazing because mm-hmm. I like to do the right thing. I paid all the right taxes, but it was a lot of paperwork to do that. So totally worth an upgrade to a premium membership, in my opinion. That would have made my life a lot easier uh, back in the day. So if you're going through that now, any kind of regular caregiver, a dog sitter, senior care for your aging parents, or you know nanny care, you can do that right through the same platform at care.com with a premium membership. And because you are a Satellite Sister listener, here is what Care.com is giving you in terms of a premium membership. You can save 30% off a Care.com premium membership and receive a $15 credit that you can use toward paying your caregiver when you use Care.com's convenient payment platform. And you need to go to the special URL, Care.com forward slash sisters, when you subscribe. So for 30% off a premium membership and a $15 credit, you want to go to care.com forward slash sisters when you subscribe. And I, I just think this is a great service, one I wish I had had when the kids were little. And I will sign up for when I need my own aging care. <laughs> <laughs> I may I'll sign, sign up, up now. to take care of you or vice versa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a great service. So, again, our special URL is care.com forward slash sisters for 30% off a premium membership and a $15 credit that you can use toward paying your caregiver. Thanks care.com for supporting satellite sisters and thanks satellite sisterhood for supporting the people that support us. Okay. We're back. Uh, now that Julie got that children's museum thing off her chest, some trends, Julie. Just really one trend we're talking about today, refrigerators. Okay. Liz, Liam. That's a trend. Uh, yes, there's a lot going on with refrigerators, Liz. Okay, and I'm going to explain it to you. But first of all, I want to know, how do you feel about your refrigerator? I love I my mean, refrigerator. Yeah. You love I, yours? I do. I, I, yeah, I enjoy mine. I read about all those newfangled refrigerators, and I just think, why would I want a refrigerator to do that? Well, like, Liz, that, it, can, it can do quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you know well, that? It, it, it really, what they want refrigerators, I thought, Liz, this, I thought this would appeal to you, um, is in the same way that your phone has become sort of, you know, sort of the access to your, that is your individual device. Yeah. They want the fridge to be your family device, okay? That this should be the center, the command post of your operation, okay? Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. And now they have refrigerators that, that are computer equipped so that they can forecast the weather. They can track expiration dates of food. They can, or you can order groceries from your refrigerator. Obviously you can, can, it can make, you know, connect to speakers. So you can have music. It can sync your family calendar. It can display photos and keep track of your to-do list. What do you think? I don't know. I just have so many other devices that already do that. <laughs> Except for the expiration date thing, but I have a laptop and I have a phone that do all of the above. Yeah, so you don't. I'm laughing, imagining Liz, who lives alone, standing in her yeah. house, like spending a lot of time programming her refrigerator <laughs> in yeah, a gallon kitchen. Okay, but Lori, well, let me appeal to you on an energy saving uh, basis. Do you realize that they d- did some study that people spend 10.4 hours a year? staring into an open refrigerator. Okay. <laughs> that I'm surprised it's that low. I feel like I you double that for me. I would say that's my issue. Like I don't want to stand in front of the refrigerator any more than I do. Like that's not a long, good long-term health prognosis for me. Oh, I'm going to enter in a t- calendar and item and then, you know, have a snack. It's not so good, <laughs> but go ahead. Joel. I know you're trying but to see make they're, the what they're saying is that they are creating they want to create sort of displays on the front of the refrigerators that are going to let you know what's happening in your refrigerator. In some cases, they are windows that can be tinted and then untinted so you can look in to see the status of uh, of the things in your refrigerator. 
or it can I mean, instead of just opening the door and looking at it, right? You don't want to open the door, Liz, you're saving energy. Okay. You're not going to just open the door and stare at the refrigerator. You're going to press a a button on your display front display of your refrigerator. And it's going to provide you a window into your refrigerator that you can stare at, at the window, Liz, instead of opening the door. Well, I don't need to open the door because there's never anything in my refrigerator. I mean, I've, like, I've got like six kinds of mustard. Uh, you know, I know what's in there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, how about I, I also know that what is in there is rotted. You know, okay, uh, so this this is a problem with the windows as far as I'm concerned. It seems like it would be now just one more thing that you have to keep super neat. Exactly. Yeah. Just having, you know, a display of the styrofoam or plastic containers of your leftover food is not going to look good in, you know, with this glass panels. So that may be something. What about voice recognition, Liz? Would you like a refrigerator (laughs) that has voice? <laughs> you know, I still haven't even developed a relationship with Siri, yeah. uh, okay. which okay. might be have some use to me. And even there's stuff that my car is supposed to be able to do that I haven't really mastered yet. So, no, I don't need a third device I should be talking. Oh, and I have one of those smart TVs I'm supposed to talk to. So the refrigerator would be fourth in line of, like, appliances (laughs) I'm supposed to have a personal relationship with. I'm just not interested. You're not into that. But, Leanne, how about you? you? You're at your Vons, your favorite grocery store. And you have a Samsung uh, refrigerator that has three cameras in the refrigerator. So it takes a photo every time someone opens and closes the refrigerator. That way, you know, whether you're out of milk or you're out of juice or you need, you know, more sparkling water, whatever that, um, and then you would be able to look at those, access those pictures uh, on your phone while you're at Fonz. Ooh, that's yes? a lot. No. You know, in theory, it's good. But in practice, you know, when you have teen boys, you could have a, a thing of milk that is pretty much dead, but they're going to put it back in the refrigerator. So <laughs> you're going to check on the milk, which is really the only thing I'm super concerned about. And you go, oh, I have a full thing of milk in there. And then you're going to get home and there's going to be like two swallows of milk left. So yeah. if they can, maybe they can do it by weight. It's just a, okay. it's just a lot of tools. I'm, I'm with Liz. It's a lot of yeah. checking in with yeah. things. Like, oh my with God. With an appliance. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, here's here. All right, like, here's you know who could have used it though, Julie? I would say as you're describing this, being able to see like who reached in and took the last of something. Yeah. Our mother would have enjoyed that because she was constantly <laughs> trying to figure out who took the last can of Fresca or who yes. took the last yogurt. Right. We now would she'd eat, have photographs. She would eat proof. the stuff she had for herself, and she was always trying to get to the bottom of who did that. Right. Or she would have okay. a refrigerator full of food that she'd say, you can't eat any of that because it's for Saturday. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's for other people. It's for company that's coming. So have a nice glass of water. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of water, okay, let's get to what is the most polarizing issue associated with refrigerators. And that is the water and ice dispenser in the door. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Mm-hmm. No, 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 you don't care. No, oh, no. Oh, I didn't know that was a question. I no, thought there was that's more a question. That. It's funny, I was thinking about that this weekend, Julie, because my refrigerator here in Santa Monica doesn't have anything on the door, and I'm fine with that. I have a filtered pitcher of water inside my refrigerator if I want cold water. But in the little bungalow and bend, there is the water dispenser on the door. And, you know, I kind of like it. I kind of like not having to open the refrigerator to get water. So I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily change out my refrigerator just for that purpose. But if you have it, it's a nice feature. Yeah, I like it. And the kids use it. Everyone in our family uses it. And in L.A., you can't drink the tap water because it tastes terrible. So you need filtered water. It tastes terrible and it's warm. So you need cold, cold filtered water. I like it. I got no problems with it. Why is it controversial? How is it controversial? I guess people just because people like sleek lines on their refrigerator. They want it to look like something in Architectural Digest. They don't. They don't want all that mechanics showing. Mm. But but other people, you know, it's just a practicality. I mean, I guess the thing is, when you buy a refrigerator, it's for a long time. So if you have all this tech stuff in it, you know, in ten years. There's going to be all new tech stuff and that, you know, whatever was very state of the art in 2017 is not going to be very state of the art 10 years later. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So I'm just imagining Liz in her apartment yelling at her fridge, hey, get me a gossip <laughs> wine. And like the neighbor downstairs calling and complaining like that. Just pour me, pour me a glass of wine. <laughs> then it would have to deliver it to me in the living room, too, know. you know, to really extend that all the way. Then it starts to get useful. Okay. But okay. now you're into robot land again. Another thing that allegedly we're all going to have soon and you're going to be talking to and giving orders to. Or how about Alexa? Do either of you guys have one? I don't have one no, of those. No. Another I thing. Don't, I don't trust her at all. Not one bit. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's not moving in with me. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, there is a lot of refrigerator news, Julie. You are right. I had no idea. Um, but moving on. The, for those of you who are out there and your uh, March Madness brackets have been totally busted, you know, Sayonara, Villanova, Duke, whatever, uh, I have an alternative March entertainment contest for you. And it's called, instead of March Madness, this is March Sadness. <laughs> and March Sadness, I heard about this this weekend I was in Bend and Oregon Public Broadcasting ran a story about this on a show they do called State of Wonder. But it's actually a contest born on the Internet, but created by a woman named Julie Hahn in Boise, Idaho. And it's an annual contest to find the saddest song. Oh, that's oh. good. Oh, it's really a good idea. So there are eight categories and there are eight songs in each category and it, it's bracketed and it is very exciting to watch, you know, as you go week by week and people are voting um whether your favorite songs or favorite artists are progressing. So for instance, this year and every year her eight categories are slightly different. So this year her categories are it's all over which, you know, sort of speaks for itself. So that includes the songs like Honey by Bobby Goldsboro, The Last Goodbye by Jeff Buckley. Uh, there's a category called So Far Away. Um, so you have Sleeping by the Band. You got a bunch of really great songs in there. And there's a whole category that's duets, which obviously would include Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel and Fathers and Sons by Johnny Cash and Fiona Apple. This is a favorite category. It's called Past Their Prime. And uh, the way she describes it, these are relationships that have just gone bad or artists themselves who are way past their prime but are still creating these songs or both. So in this category, Past Their Prime, you have Wichita Lineman by Johnny Cash and you also have Keep Me In Your Heart by Warren Zevon. But there are a lot of good songs in there. Then, of course, there's the power ballad category mm. includes I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. It's hard to oh, vote against that. Yeah. That's a sad well, one. More Than a Feeling by Boston. That's going to make it in there every year. I hate Boston. Uh, there's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Then you can vote against them. Yes. Then there's a category that is drinking. You can imagine how many really sad drinking songs there are. You know, everything from like The Bottle by Gil Scott Heron to Rehab by Amy Winehouse and all kinds of stuff in between. War is a category. So you got your Danny Boy and you got the band played Waltzing Matilda by the Pogues. And then my, my favorite category, I think of as the Dolan family category. She just decided this had to be its own category every year because there were just so many sad songs. This category is called Sadstein. And this is just Sad Songs by Bruce Springsteen. Oh. <laughs> so you've got, Excellent. you know, it goes without saying, The Ghost of Tom Joad, uh, Youngstown, uh, Streets of Philadelphia and the River. Just four of the many songs oh, that are wow. in this year's Sadstein category. In fact, if you go to the brackets right now, this week, it's the river versus streets of Philadelphia. And, you know, my vote would be for the river, which could be one of the saddest songs ever. One of the all-time best songs ever. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, this is one of those private uh, groups on Facebook. So you need to join. If you're interested, it's kind of late. They've worked through a lot of the opening rounds. But I just thought it really gives you something to think about during the month of March. If you're really sad that your team is not in the tourney or has already already washed out of the tournament, 
I recommend uh, March Sadness as alternative uh, entertainment. And I'll I'll put in the show notes the link to the story OPB about it did about it because then you can hear some of these songs and you can also hear her talking about uh, why she created it. Good idea, isn't it? It's a good idea. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, I like all those alternatives to to March Madness. There are some funny funny ones out there with the bra- just using the brackets as a brackets as a are a good device. Yeah, it's I was a great thinking device. we should create. We're going to have to do some kind of bracket thing sometime. <sighs> okay, I don't know we'll what get that. on that. Put it on <laughs> Siri, <laughs> Alexa, refrigerator, create brackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. If we could do songs about friendship. We could even do our own songs. Friendship. Anyway. If the okay. refrigerator Sorry. could post the shows, that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, Liz, why don't you do is tell us about the sad movie then next. We were going to go to another oh. story, but. Okay. So speaking of sadness. Oh, speaking of sadness, you know, I read in today's paper, you know, there are so many rep- reports of um, former NFL players who are developing dementia. And uh, the latest uh, in today's paper is Gail Sayers. So his wife, Artith Sayers, announced, uh, she told the Kansas City Star that Gail Sayers, who's now 73 years old, he had a diagnosis of dementia four years ago and that you know, she blames his football career. You you probably know him. He played for the Chicago Bears for seven seasons, um, an amazing guy, an amazing player. And uh, he was diagnosed at the Mayo Clinic. And uh, she said they haven't been keeping his condition a secret. They just didn't feel like they needed to announce it publicly. But I was thinking of Gail Sayers and thinking, even if you don't remember Gail Sayers from the football field and from his championship years with the Chicago Bears. Talk about your sad movies. You have got to watch Brian's song. Do you remember that movie? Yes. Leon, Leon, maybe you're too young to fully appreciate Brian's. Really? You saw that movie? No, because they, you know, before you could get movies on demand, they showed it every year. It was a Dolan family tradition. So it was really. This was a a soft fest. That movie is. ABC Movie of the Year came out in the mid-70s, I think, right? 71. I'm looking at the IMDb page now. Yeah. So this is a, it's a story about the friendship between Gail Sayers, who in the movie is played by an awesome Billy D. Williams, Mm -hmm. and Brian Brian Piccolo, who is played by Jimmy Kahn, James Kahn. And uh, it's about Brian Piccolo uh, develops cancer and, you know, spoiler alert, he dies. But it's really just about this intense friendship between these two men. And it is so darn sad. It really like Like, I am Am I sensing a trend with you? Your sad songs, <laughs> sad movies. Yeah. <laughs> gotta talk to you. Just open that refrigerator door and put some cold air on your face, Liz. <laughs> Julie, it's the middle of winter here in Santa Monica. It's the 50s. I'm, I had to wear my swim parka to water aerobics last week. Life is hard. Uh, anyway, I just, you know, if you really just are in the mood for kind of a sappy, but really sweet, sad TV movie, it's definitely a TV movie. It's a TV quality movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it was one of the, the first great TV movies yes. in my recollection anyway. So, so Brian's song, it, it, it's all about friendship, how powerful it can be. And that's why I was so sad to read about Gail Sayers today because I just have this image. First of all, of course, I picture him as, as Billy D. Williams, <laughs> but you know, it just, I think of him in that movie and you know, how loyal he was to Brian Piccolo and how protective he was. He gives, he gives one of the all time great speeches in this movie and Brian's song, you know, when you fall on your knees tonight, I'm like, <laughs> God, I want you to tell God to love Brian Piccolo too. Right. Oh my great. God. Anyway, if you go to the IMDb page, you can see see the monologue, Liz. You can do it. It's 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 written out for you. Maybe we should have a monologue contest. Best TV movie monologue. (laughs) Anyway, so Brian's song, I recommend. Just wanted to say that. Uh, Yeah, those are sad stories. That was an excellent TV movie. That was a golden age of TV movies. That really it started. It was the first sort of bromance movie, you know, in sports. Men watched it. Men cried. Yeah, and then. Uh, the, the 
you know, the real life Gail Sayers is just as handsome as Billy D. Williams. As I well. know. And Brian yes. Piccolo, the whole point was he was like the third string, you know, player. He and Gail Sayers was the big star. So it was an unlikely friendship. All right, Liz, nice, nice tribute <laughs> and some excellent acting. You don't often act on the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Thank you it's your softer side. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, maybe a quick uh, Operation Sea Turtle update. Sure. Speaking of health and taking good care of yourself. Uh, just two headlines for Operation Sea Turtle, which is the name for my personal health and wellness program. Uh, number one. It's all about goal setting, right? You have to have these dates in the future that you're pointing towards. So, you know, I said from the beginning that April 22nd was a good date for me because I will be seeing all of you at the Santa Monica Public Library that Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. for the Satellite Sisters Ask Us Anything uh, session. But then the next thing I knew I had to get on the calendar, which is always very tricky to schedule, is my physical. You know how that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're, yeah. when you're thinking about when do you actually want to see your doctor, you don't want it to be too soon. But then if you make it too far away, it's not enough of a motivator for you. So here's what I did. I We've got the April 22nd. So last week I called and I scheduled my physical for two weeks after that. So that's good. So it's not too far away. We'll help Keep me on the straight and narrow when we're at Esther's wine bar after <laughs> Satellite Sisters Ask Us Anything syndrome. But now it's it's on the books, going for the physical. So you know how that just focuses the mind and uh, whatever your wellness program is. You know, you can't really change your cholesterol level probably by then. But there are other things that you can adjust so that you're sort of at your best. So early May physical, I did that. And the other thing I did this weekend, I violated one of the number one rules of trying a new fitness class. So I was up in Bend, and there's a great public facility there called uh, Juniper Pool and Fitness Center or something, but it's the town of Bend. Lee, and I know you've been there for I yoga. Love it. It's numbers, great. Right? It's great. It's just this amazing public facility. Yeah, amazing. So I decided that I was going to try a class on Saturday morning that they called yoga sculpt fusion. Oh. And most of the, most of the discussion in the description was more about the sculpt part and the fusion part that was, Oh, there's lively music and there's this and there's that. So I don't know. I just skipped right over the yoga part of it. Assuming <laughs> that if you're adding the sculpt and the fusion to the description, it is not a yoga class. So, um, so I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll try this. This sounds, I do have a sculpt class here in LA that I really like. And fusion just sounds like a lot of movement to me in music. So I go and, uh, I, I violated the number one rule when you're in a new class that you've never been in before. And you're not sure if you're going to like number one rule, sit by the door. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. Oh, don't be up front. Don't, don't be, Julie, you know, make no. sure you have a clear exit so you can I, just, I, Sashay out if you need to. I don't know what I was thinking. I because I had to go over this was basically like a yoga class, but with weights in your hands at the right. same Which time. Which is it, so you have to be really strong already. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not I, I don't like yoga with weights. I, it's not good for me, but yeah. And it's usually attracts super fit people. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you. So I was like ten minutes in and I was like now I'm trapped because not only was I in the far <laughs> corner of the room, but I had put all of my stuff in a cubby that would have required me to walk past the instructor in the front of the room and get my stuff from the cubby. So again, rule number one, sit by the door. Rule number two, leave your things outside. Do not put your things inside in the cubbies. So, uh, so I was trapped for an hour. I survived it, but, uh, but barely. So that's just good note to self. Um, sit by the door. So I do find that in all classes, I spend the whole time thinking about how much am I hating this? Am I hating this a lot? Am I hating this a little? Am I, am I really good class? Oh, here's another mistake I made. The class started at 9.45 a.m. Yeah. But in my mind, it was 9.30, but whatever. So I looked at the clock at, and all of a sudden it was 10.15. I'm like, this is great. We only have 15 minutes left. 
because I miscalculated the start time. Then it got to 9.30, and she was going and going and going. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. The class started at 9.45. It's only 10.30. So the next day, I just went back to water aerobics. That's where I belong. I was in the very nice water aerobics where, Lee, and almost everyone in the water aerobics class, I was looking around. I'm like, these people, we all... They, everyone looks like Angela Merkel. It's yeah, sort of good. that that body type, <laughs> that haircut. That's, there's, there's nothing like the yoga people. Nothing. You got to find uh, your people, Liz. I think yeah. that you were the first to say that. <laughs> anyway, so that's my Operation Sea Turtle. Going swimmingly in general, but making some adjustments in the plan as it rolls out. All right. Excellent, Liz. Well, that's good because I wanted to give a few updates so I can do a few updates. Julie, we know at any moment now you have to go to a better, apparently a better event. So uh, Yes, I, so, I'm slipping away. I okay. just talk about I, my stuff is outside. Uh, I'm by the door. You're not even going to notice that I'm gone. I'm just going to slip away. Slip away. Okay. Okay. First on the updates, people have asked about the dance class. All right. No one's asked, but I'm just going to tell you about the dance class. I mentioned that I was moving forward with my dancing career, and I had uh, was starting the second group class where we were learning the choreography to the uh, 70s disco classic Car Wash. Uh, props, <laughs> props include a towel. And... Um, so we're about three weeks in now, and I can tell you this. I am a little bit in over my head because this is really more – everybody – my teacher's a ballroom teacher, and everybody else has taken ballroom. So this is really more the ballroom version of hustle. So it involves, like, precision footwork. <laughs> oh, so, no. So less dancing with your heart and more dancing with your feet. So – it's been good. I mean, I really, really, really have to focus because I don't naturally know some of these steps like the drunken sailor that other people know because they've taken ballroom. So uh, the drunken sailor is a thing. That's a thing, Liz. Look it up. YouTube it. So uh, so last night, as for inspiration, I watched Dancing with the Stars. I haven't actually tuned into Dancing with the Stars in years. Well, there were still stars on it when I when I last watched it. But there are some stars this year, and I only caught the last four numbers. But there's a football player on, and he danced to Bruno Mars' 24-karat gold. So I feel a connection with him. So, oh, sure. yeah. And okay. he did very well. And then Simone Biles, no surprise, just killed it. She was the last person. She danced to tango. She's going to win. But uh, this, this football and player. she should. Yeah. <laughs> she should. Really? How about Mr. Yes, T, Julie? She, How about Mr. No, T? she's. No, she's fantastic. Come on. Well, Mr. T just stood there basically with his arm crossed and let the dancer dance around him, which is a good tactic if you're Mr. T. <laughs> anyway, so that's going well. Uh, no no further up to no public. We are just working towards going back to the Rashady Acres retirement home. Uh, we're going to do two numbers. So That's, that's a goal, Liam. You have it. It it's impressive. It is. I do. I do enjoy the towel usage. It's fun to work with the towel. <laughs> so, but whoo, it moves fast. The hustle. I have to say, I like this dance class because while we're in there, there are also like four other dance teachers teaching ballroom. Like it's just a free for all in the actual uh, studio. And so you only get your music like every four songs. Otherwise, you're trying to dance the hustle to, well, last week someone was practicing like a quick step to Lady Marmalade. So uh, we were doing it to that. But one couple, it's always, you know, there's always one couple who's learning like their first dance for their wedding. And invariably, it's a country song. <laughs> so, so every time a country song comes on, we all do a, a line dance, which is fun. It's just <laughs> in the middle of our disco. Very enjoyable. That's good. It sounds like you don't have time to just stare at the clock, tick down, minute by minute. Liz, the way you, you don't. do. The way Liz is enjoying her fitness. <laughs> I know. I just feel like with the meditation in this, I don't know, Liz. I don't know. If you it's like not, the aqua aerobics, it's not my thing. It. Stick with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that 90 minutes goes by fast, and we're 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 working it. All right. Another update would be my um, suburban farm in the backyard. 
Uh, I boldly set out a, a farming plan in the fall, being an empty nester. We created a big garden back there. Uh, I knew the first season was a test season. We had a lot of great rain. In fact, we had so much great rain that it actually ruined some of the plants. Who knew we could have too much rain in Southern California? But I'd like to thank Jenny uh, from Iowa, who did a photo analysis of my purple cauliflower. And they apparently the, the, the plants were stressed. You know, the, She's stressed in some way, either too much heat or too much water. Because what I had was big, beautiful, gorgeous leaves and no actual head of cauliflower in the middle of the plant. <laughs> So when you're standing in my when you're standing in my kitchen, it looks like I have an unbelievable garden. But if you go closer, there's nothing in the leaves. So, uh, so that plant was a wash. But the good news is I only spent like three dollars on a single packet of seeds. Like I grew these from seeds. So I'm proud to announce I have two small heads growing out of like ten plants. So I'll take it. <laughs> First season. Got overwatered. I, I don't know if that will ever happen again. But otherwise, we're moving forward with the spring planting. Uh, looking good. And then finally, congratulations. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And then finally, Steffi, you know, she, we adopted her in early December and someone on our Facebook page had also adopted a shepherd and said it takes about six months for full acclimation. And she was a good dog when she got here, like had some skills and she wasn't crazy or anything, but now she's a very good dog. Like she's a good dog. We have gotten, we have adopted an excellent dog, but I can see every week she gets a little more comfortable. Like this is her home. No one's going to take her away. You know, she has some funny, quirky personality traits. Um, but the one that's baffling to me, I guess she must have grown up in an apartment or a condo. She does not enjoy going outside. Like, really? really? No. Like, she'll go for a walk or she'll eat her dinner out there. But if given the choice between sitting in a house or outside in the backyard, she will pick the house every time. Like, wow. she... Even when I'm out in the garden, she comes out, she looks at me, and then she goes back in the house. (laughs) I mean, it's just very weird. I guess she's really an apartment dog. It's like, or she's figured like, I love this house. This house is fantastic. I'm sticking with the house. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I always said Ferris was a condo dog. He was just like born to live in a condo. He, He enjoyed going for a walk, but... No, he would just as soon sit on the living room couch. Yeah, I guess. I just, uh, we've had, you know, we raised two other German Shepherds from puppies. So, uh, so they learned to sit outside. They loved it out in the driveway. They'd sit in that driveway. Our other first German Shepherd just sat on the front porch for hours all day. Sometimes they would sit outside in the car, like <laughs> open up the back of the car. So this is just weird to me that she, she loves everything. She seems very happy to see us. She likes the friends. She only doesn't like the yard guy and the mailman. But uh, other than that, she likes other dogs. But like, even if we open the front door, she does not go out the front door. Like I am not going out of this, <laughs> not going out of this house. It's funny. I think that's sweet. That's, she's just sticking with you. That's she's, good. She's sticking with us, but it's exciting news this week, Liz, because we're starting a group obedience class. Now, I've never been able to do that with my other German Shepherds because they didn't particularly like other dogs. They were not friendly on the leash to other dogs. So, But Steffi's very friendly, and so they have a group class down at the Rose Bowl. Uh, so she starts Wednesday night. We're doing it. Group class. She has some basic skills, but she needs to brush up on a few things. And she needs to I work trying to work with her on my own, and it's not that successful. So we're going to class Wednesday night. We're just going to walk down there, and we're going to give it a whirl. And uh, hopefully, you know, she'll be the star of the class because there's a lot of pressure when you're a German Shepherd to, you know, be the, <laughs> be the star. I think that's coming from you, Leanne, frankly. <laughs> I don't know. Since rumor one, uh, Westminster, I think there's an extra level of expectation from German Shepherds. But um, she's really she's really settling in, and it's very nice. It's nice to have a dog. So just wanted to give you an update on that. And if you're wondering, we haven't heard her today. Oh, she's been barking, but she's locked in the laundry room now. <laughs> we wanted, <laughs> yeah, we wanted to mm-hmm. achieve some level of professionalism on the podcast and. This is just mm-hmm. a busy time in my backyard. I have some people that come and go on Tuesday mornings. And uh, so I locked her in. Did you hear it all, Liz? No, did not hear her at all. Yeah. But, you know, people have commented on this a lot in the Facebook, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And the people that comment appear to like it. Maybe the people that don't like it just aren't commenting <laughs> and aren't listening anymore. 
there would be no way for us to actually know that. But well, it's I love- distracting for me. That's the problem. Yeah. While it seems charming on the, on the podcast, it's very loud in the house. It's very loud. So, and I think. But I love when people say that their own pets hear the barking <laughs> and react in some way. I like I like that. Maybe. Maybe they don't want that either, but I think that is actually very sweet that all of a sudden their pets are more alert. All right. That's it. Those are the updates. Uh, Did you go go to Beauty and the Beast this weekend, Liz? Did you take that in? I did not. Did not take that in. You know, I was in transit. I went up to Bend on Friday, came back, came back on Monday. So had a good time up there in central Oregon. But no, it looks like the rest of the world went to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, great. And now the rest of the world apparently is standing in line at Disneyland and Disney World for these commemorative cups. Uh, There was an article in the paper. There are these plastic cups and inside the middle is a rose. You know, the symbol. I don't. Have you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? No, I haven't. Yeah. But I. (laughs) No, I've seen the poster. It's funny. Yeah, so you see the rose like in the yeah uh, in the glass thing. So oh, I uh, saw the I saw the James Corden uh, crosswalk version. Oh, okay, then that's good. So So he had he had the rose. Yeah, you know the basic story. So now these cups have become collectibles, and they you know Disney how brilliant they are at their products. You know. Uh, the creating a demand for their product when they're really, I'm sure they have millions of them in a container ship somewhere, uh, but they're only allowing a certain number of cups out and you can only buy two cups a piece. So there's a story in the LA times, people waiting four hours to buy a $13 plastic cup. So, mm-hmm. so that's what you're doing later this week. No, I'm just saying that's, that's something we got to get one yeah. of those. So, <laughs> you got to create that that's kind true. of demand. Well, we're, we have a prototype product that we believe we may be testing at the April 22nd event. Now, I hesitate to even mention it because I know that those of you who are not coming to Southern California for the event will be bitter about the fact that you may not have access to this prototype product. But we just need to do a small scale test. And uh, so... Uh, so we're going to do that. And then it's possible that we might be able to make this available online along with some other things. But uh, because did you see the picture in the Facebook group? Oh, no, I don't have it in front of me of the woman who fished out her classic Satellite Sisters retro sweatshirt. Leanne. Yeah. God bless her. Oh, my yeah, God. I know. That's <laughs> beauty. Speaking of Brian's like, song and the Equal Rights Amendment, I mean, yeah, really. I feel like our retro product line <laughs> might even be different than the current product line. The but the retro hoodie, maybe we bring back the retro bathrobe. Who knows? I don't even. I, I shouldn't even be saying these. Don't even because, say it, Liz. Yeah, just because you you know. But, but yeah, so there is there is product testing going on. I hadn't thought of something as simple as a plastic cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually genius because it's so cheap cheap and easy to manufacture uh-huh. and it doesn't come in sizes. No. Nope. It's, it's sizes that screw you up. So we're going to test things that do not require sizing. Yeah. Anyway. That'll be exciting to check that out. Yeah, that's just a reminder. Santa Monica weekend, April 22nd. I think the suites are almost sold out, but uh, for more information, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com. Um, also, we will be giving away an away carry-on bag at the Santa yes. Monica event. Uh, it's you, that carry-on bag that I absolutely love. First-class luggage at a coach price. One could be yours in a beautiful sand color sand because we're going to be in santa monica near the beach it's very chic sort of creamy white it's well it's the sand colored sand (laughs) it's sand colored please if the sand in your name yeah if if it's creamy white where you are yeah and inside the bag we're going to put copies of our books including you're the best a celebration of friendship lee and i think you're donating your two novels for that effort well, uh, I'm not. Don't, I expect the company to pay me back for them. Okay, <laughs> every sale counts, Liz. Come on, just a novelist. <laughs> I'm not Bill Gates. Just a novelist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Liam's right. All of that on the on our Facebook page. There's all of that info. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. Little, uh, we are we are looking forward to seeing everyone. Sounds like a lot of you are making a special effort to turn up and bringing your own satellite sisters with you. So uh, nothing can make us happier. All five of us will be there. And by then, 
we will have mastered Facebook Live. So I know I made that promise out loud. So now we have to do that. But there's going to be some testing of Facebook Live going on in the next month or so, so that we are ready to go on April 22nd. And uh, Leanne, have you ever tried it? Facebook Live? No. Okay, I think you and I need to do a little test. We should do, we should on, do a test. On yeah. the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, because the key is not just what are we doing, but where are we doing it? So the I want people to be able to find it on the Satellite Sisters page, not the Liz Dolan page or Liam Dolan page. Okay. So, okay, so many exciting things happening in April. That's true. That's true. All right, anything else going on this week, Liz? Nope. No. No. Got nothing. <laughs> okay. It's just... Going back to water aerobics, and I have ditched the meditation class once and for all. Yeah. That, that okay. One. Right. That, that was just not, uh, that was not working for me. Um, I'm, but I'm in search of another mindfulness practice, whatever. But uh, yeah, the passive aggressive meditation teacher and I just were never, we were never going to see eye to eye. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, yep. I got, I got obedience class with Steffi. I'm sure that will be meditative. That will be meditative. Right. <laughs> We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for listening. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. If you haven't discovered our Satellite Sisters Talk TV, we do TV recaps this time around. It's happening for uh, Madam Secretary. I am concerned, Liz, if all the funding for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting is cut in PBS, what are we going to talk about? Because that's about half the content on Satellite Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Dark goes. Well, luckily, Madam Secretary is CBS. Yeah. But you're right. Paul Dark is PBS. What else? There's a new Bronte the, sister masterpiece coming up. Yeah. I thought that would be a good one for us to recap. That's sort of in our wheelhouse. So I don't know. There just could be dead air. So if you're mm-hmm. wondering, that doesn't really affect me. No, try listening to a podcast with dead air. Uh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are many other benefits. Okay, but, the, well, public service announcement from Leon Dolan. Right. In the saddle, Do you like the Paul Dark recap? Call your congressperson. <laughs> I know it's a stretch. It's a stretch to connect those two things, but no. But you have to know what is important to you personally. What really does affect your life? Yeah, and it could could be pole dark. <laughs> could could be pole dark. All right. Have a great week, Liz. Thanks, Leon. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>